Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Kristen Eichhammer. And I'm Lauren Evans. Oh, it has been a minute since we were all here ah. together. We got the, got the clan back. <laughs> well, and Kristen, we missed you last week. You were off gallivanting. Yes. A pretty exciting place. You want to share where you were? Yeah, I I was in London and Paris. So two of the, the big cities in Europe. I spent Veterans Day in Normandy, which so was cool. just chilling. I mean, it's amazing because you see videos like Saving Private Ryan and I mean, even the darkest hour kind of alludes to some of the craziness going on. Mm-hmm. And and to be there was just insane. We were also in London when they were celebrating Veterans Day. So they shut down the entire street in front of Buckingham Palace. And uh. we went to the Churchill War Rooms. We saw a little bit of everything. High tea. It was so fun there. And high tea. Yeah. <laughs> it was in London. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was living, I still am living my best life. And if I could go back tomorrow, I would. So <laughs> we'll see Virginia, I'm a little insulted you haven't asked me about my travels to <laughs> suburban Atlanta and suburban Ohio. <laughs> how, what up, man? how are the suburbs uh, of America, Lauren? How are they doing? Uh, I went to an Orange Theory where everybody was just stupid nice in Ohio. <laughs> you're like, so, why don't I live here? Yeah, so no, it's Ohio. <laughs> no high tea, but an orange theory with really nice people. Well, you know, the scales are, it's pretty even, <laughs> right? Yeah. right? Yeah. High tea in London, orange or theory now, in Ohio. Now, lunch in the Eiffel Tower, though, Ooh, yeah. that's hard, right? Did like, you have lunch in the Eiffel Yeah, we, we really Stop. just made some bad decisions. <laughs> Stop. I didn't even know you could have lunch in the Eiffel Tower. They you have a can. restaurant in there? Honestly, maybe I'll do a, a special PW like article on all of the places to go in Paris because I just feel like I know everything now. I don't, but like we're but here. You kind of do. We we did it. We tried. Oh my gosh. All Kristen right. in Paris. <laughs> Try not to covet and be envious right now. <laughs> Okay, well, Kristen, we have a full show queued up today. What is on the lineup? Up on today's Problematic Women, we tell you what you need to know about the pro-Israel march in Washington, D.C. this week and share some information about the reality of what happened in Israel on October 7th. Plus, we share which state in America ranks highest for education freedom, and we'll be sharing some Black Friday tips and holiday inflation numbers. Very different, very different yes. things to be talking <laughs> about there. Sad. Contrast. <laughs> and as always, we'll be crowning our Problematic Women of the Week. Each week on Problematic Women, we sort through the news to find the stories that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women, those whose views and opinions are often excluded by those on the so-called feminist left. If you are a problematic woman or just someone who supports strong, independent women, please consider supporting us by leaving a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and encouraging others to subscribe. It really does make a difference. All right, let's get to it. The March for Israel in Washington, D.C. was on Tuesday, and it drew a crowd of Literally hundreds of thousands. I think Fox News was estimating this morning that there was 300,000 people there. So, I mean, just people everywhere with Israeli flags, American flags, signs supporting Israel. It was really, really beautiful. The Daily Signal offices in the Heritage Foundation building were only like six blocks from the National Mall. So, it's like, okay, I got to go down there. If you're not following Problematic Women Only on six Instagram. Blocks, but I still walked three miles yesterday. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> oh, no, it's far. It's far. And this is the deception of Washington, D.C. is everything looks close because you can see it all. And it's actually not close. It's very far. <laughs> it took me like an hour to get down there, get like a little bit of footage and get back. 
but I posted a reel on Instagram with a little bit of what I saw. I posted a few of the photos of signs and the flags. And honestly, I got a little emotional when I mm-hmm. first got down there because it was just so beautiful to see so many people who were there standing with Israel in support of Israel. And guys, I think from attending protests and rallies on both sides of the aisle, the thing I so often see is that rallies that are pro-American, pro-life, now pro-Israel, they are so often marked by joy. There is excitement, which is so different than what we see from the radical left, where their rallies are just marked by anger. Mm -hmm. And walking down there, seeing so many people who are excited to be there, who are excited to say, we stand with Israel, I was honestly just blown away by the atmosphere and by Americans turning out to say, no, 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 as a nation, doesn't matter what we're seeing from the radical left, we as a people stand with Israel. Lauren, I know that you spent a lot of time down there. What were some of the moments that stood out to you? So I have been in D.C. for a long time, 12 years. And so your girl has seen a lot. (laughs) You've been around the block. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Trump inauguration. I was here when Obama was elected the second time, and I was outside the White House for that. I've just seen a lot of stuff. Lived in the city in 2020 through all the BLM riots. And what really surprised me was, number one, the police presence in D.C. I have never seen so many cops in D.C. Mm -hmm. It was literally every probably 25 feet to the point I was at Walgreens yesterday the guy in line in front of me turns around and he goes I'm just here for business is it like normally like this (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) so I I did feel really safe and I was really grateful to have that police presence while we were there because it it is we we do live in a scary time but the event also was was so well organized too Mm -hmm. I think it was a safety precaution so normally events on the mall are are closer to the the Washington Monument how it goes it's Capitol building Stretch a mall, Washington Monu- Monument, stretch a small stretch of a mall, World War II, stretch a mall, and then the reflecting pond and then link it. Mm-hmm. So normally things are like grouped a little bit more towards the Washington Monument. But what really surprised me, this was the entire mall between the Capitol and the Washington Monument was Huge. was fenced off. Yeah. You, you had to have a wristband to get in and completely full. And people were lined up along the sides. They were like holding onto the fence, looking in. I saw people brought their own chairs and were <laughs> lined up around the perimeter. Wow, but I think awesome. you're, you're 100% right when you said rallies that are, are pro-America and pro-traditional values, they have a different feel mm-hmm. than kind of like the, the leftist, the far left extreme BLM, Women's March, you know, we've been through them all, that this, this, this felt happy and it, it felt like like people were celebrating and coming together and you saw people of all faiths people of all colors mm-hmm. people of all ages and and you could tell people really did travel far to get here you and i and kristen had sat in a lot of traffic over yeah. the past couple <laughs> days we traveled far in that sense yeah. <laughs> um so it was really i think heartening to see this happen especially when you look at all the anti-america protests that are going on, anti-Israel protests going on in, on college campuses, to say that's not the norm. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is the norm. This is Americans coming together. This is uh, the Speaker of the House with the House Minority Leader both sharing a stage. They had actors and they had senators and they had, I mean, all types of people come together and speak and show this is not a political issue. This yeah. is not a left or right thing. This is a 
good or evil thing. And that was really beautiful to see that you had both Republican and Democrat leaders who stood on this stage, who addressed the crowd and who talked about the need to support Israel. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, he delivered remarks. Our new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, he delivered remarks. And I do want to play some of Speaker Johnson's remarks here just for for a moment of what he had to say. These are from CBN. Let me be very clear. The United States stands unequivocally with our neighbor, our friend, our ally, Israel. They are they're neighbors in a global sense, that's right. The calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. So if you couldn't hear what the crowd is shouting there, they respond to what Speaker Johnson said by chanting, no ceasefire. And I, th- I think this is important to talk about, but why, like Speaker Johnson said, why are calls for a ceasefire outrageous? Well, if one side stopped firing at the other side, the war would be over. <laughs> if one side stops firing at the other side, there would be the elimination of the Israeli state. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's like, oh, if if we both stop fighting, we'll just live in peace. No, mm-hmm. they are they are protecting themselves, right? Yeah. It is like if somebody comes to your house with a gun and is trying to rob and attack your family, and somebody says, well, why don't you put down your gun because that'll that'll make things better. Mm-hmm. No. It's not going to. Yeah. 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 No. And this has been pointed out so many times that there was a ceasefire before October 7th. Hamas ended that ceasefire. And now Israel's only hope of essentially maintaining its existence, maintaining the existence of the state of Israel, is to dismantle Hamas. And they've made it very clear that that's what they plan to do. And I I think it's important, too, to remember that there are some really holy, holy, holy sites in Jerusalem, which is in Israel. It's not in the Gaza Strip. It's so there's almost, you know, I haven't been to Israel, but we have a lot of colleagues that have been there. Mm-hmm. And it is just a beautiful place from what I've heard. There is so much pride for the country itself. And it's just if they were if there was a ceasefire, like you said, one side would con- there would be peace and one side would continue to destroy um, a nation and also a history that so many people have been defined by. Mm -hmm. And that's terrifying. And I think that when you look at each side, like it's very clear who has drawn a line and who hasn't. And that's that's concerning. Not to, you know, pivot back to my trips across the pond (laughs) or anything, but something I did find very interesting is we were in the heart of London and they had tons of those kidnapped posters all over the place. And they were all ripped at mm. some point, you could p- potentially mm. see part of a name, part of a picture, um, but they were just destroyed. There were signs, um, and we could post this on Instagram, um, that called for um, a boycott of Starbucks because they support uh, Israel, so Palestinians, to Jeez. boycott Starbucks. Um, and, and it's hard because you look at that type of stuff. And I mean, I think there was a protest in London because there was a lot of police activity at one point, but I'm not sure if it got off the ground in Paris, though. Um, on our last day there, they had shut down an entire area south of the Louvre where protesters were starting to gather. And the fear, the anger, you could feel it. You could really feel it in those cities. And I, I think it's just kind of magnifying the situation a bit further where 
you know, it, we, we are seeing this on college campuses, but we're seeing it across the world. And that's what made yesterday so beautiful, because not mm-hmm. only is it more difficult to grab people and have them come to D.C. versus, you know, their convenient, like, quad um, of a campus, college campus, but it, it's... It's just so powerful to see this coalition of humanity coming mm-hmm. behind a country, coming behind a heritage, and really standing up for for like an ally in the Middle East that is so essential to our country and to many others. Mm-hmm. So a little fun anecdote that for those who don't know my background, my department does both the videos for heritage and also the social media for heritage. And we posted a clip of Speaker Johnson at the rally speaking, and he retweeted it. And later that afternoon, Caitlyn Jenner retweeted the Heritage Foundation, <laughs> yes. which is just like a funny world that we live in. It is. You know? It is a funny world. My gosh. Yeah. But it is cool that people can, the people that are so different, right, yeah. mm-hmm. can come together and be united around something like supporting Israel. And, you know, you, you think about you think about where things stand. And Kristen, you mentioned those posters and the kidnap posters. I feel like I've been thinking so much about the hostages. And you just, I mean, you just... You wonder, like, how many are still alive? How are they doing? How are they being treated? And knowing the brutality of Hamas, I mean, you just kind of stand and pray against all hope that, you know, somehow, some way, they are being treated with some form of dignity. I, Lauren saw me after I got back on Monday. I went to a screening of a 45-minute film at the Embassy of Israel here in Washington, D.C., and it was specifically a screening um, for faith leaders to come and see footage from October 7th of what happened when Hamas attacked Israel. And, I mean, the bizarre thing about the modern age, the world of social media, is that Hamas actually live-streamed. They they wore body cameras, and they live-streamed a ton of their attack. And then you also have in the modern day surveillance footage on street corners, you know, people's own home cameras, surveillance cameras, of course, people streaming on their phones. And then as well from the Israel Defense Forces from video footage that they got. So the the embassy in Israel here, they they were streaming this 45 minute film that Israel has put together, just showing the raw footage. I wouldn't even call it a documentary. It It's just raw footage and it is raw. It was by far the most graphic thing that I have ever seen in my life. And I was sitting there, you know, you're with all these people and we're all kind of in professional dress and you're sitting in this room and the embassy and the lights are out and everyone is just staring at this screen. And I was like, okay, if I have to throw up, how fast can I get to the bathroom? It's like, I mean, you're just seeing things that it's like, it's really hard. There's not a place to put it in your brain. Like You don't have a file for it. Mm. It's like watching a human do this to another human. I don't have a way to compute that because it's not in the past. This is modern day history. This is not something I'm hearing that happened 100 years ago when we were like, quote unquote, less civilized or had been you know, brainwashed by a dictator or whatever. I remember where I was on October 7th. I remember what I was doing. I remember the friends I was hanging out with. I remember when I heard the news. Like, this is all so fresh, and we're getting the information in many ways in real time of what is happening. And I, I do, I'm going to go into a, a tiny bit of detail here and um, do want to say that I'm going to describe a couple of things that are a little bit graphic. So if you're sensitive, maybe skip forward just a little bit. But I think one of, one of the clips that they played, the surveillance footage that they played in the film that I keep thinking about 
was a father and his two sons, and they're in their home, and you see from the inside camera that the father quickly grabs his two boys that are probably like uh, seven and nine, somewhere around in there, and he takes them into the backyard, and it looks like they have some sort of a bomb shelter, and they tuck in there, and then like five or ten seconds later, you see a Hamas terrorist pop up from behind the fence, and he throws a grenade into this like bomb shelter area and it goes off and then you see the father's body fall forward dead and then the two little boys come out they're bloody but they're alive and the Hamas terrorists kind of follow the two little boys back into their house and there's audio on the there's not audio for the outside camera but there's audio for the inside camera and the boys are screaming crying the Hamas terrorist he rummages through the fridge and like pulls out a coke and then walks out and leaves he leaves the two little boys Praise God, he leaves them alive. And I did get confirmation that the two little boys survive. But these two little boys are just processing what just happened. And one is, you can tell he's in complete shock. The other is very emotional. And the brother says to his brother, he's like, dad's dead. I'm not joking. He looks at his brother, his eyes all bloody. He's like, can you see out of this eye? He says no. And I did get confirmation from the embassy that that little boy has lost sight in one of his eyes from the shrapnel. And then in another clip, you see when the mom comes home and she's escorted by Israeli military and she finds her husband dead and immediately just hysterical and believe that the mom was eventually reunited with her boys. But I mean, these are these are the images. Then it was just it was 45 minutes of, of that kind of thing of bodies that were completely mutilated, burned alive and again, it's like I have no I have nowhere to store this in my brain. Like this doesn't compute with anything. And I like I'm still processing it because it it is just something that's so horrific to behold. And there's not there's nothing else to say except that's pure evil. Mm-hmm. And you know, Hamas terrorists have been so completely brainwashed. I mean, I, I don't think that they believe that Jews are, are people. Like, I, I don't know how you could do what they've done without just being completely brainwashed. And it's it's sickening. And I'm like, the only message I can have is, wow, Lord, we need you. <laughs> yeah. At this moment in history, we really need the Lord. So I saw Virginia afterwards, and uh, I, you were, I was concerned. I was very much concerned. <laughs> The only way I could describe it is like you almost seemed like you were, you had been drinking. Like mm-hmm. I think your brain was like, yeah, you know, like when you're drinking, part of parts of your brain shut off. And I think that's kind of where you were. And you know, I'm I'm grateful for you to do that because people do need to see it and report on it. And mm-hmm. but not everybody needs to see it. So no. the fact that that you you were able to do that, I you know, definitely a service to um, the Daily Signal, the Heritage Foundation, and the country. But um, I, I could tell just the toll that it took on you, and even just sitting here hearing you explain what what you saw. It's it it's it. You're right. It's pure, unrelenting evil. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. There's no other words. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren, for your support. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> I think when you come back from something like that, which I've never experienced anything like that, but I mean, you're just sort of like, am I okay? I don't know. I think I'm okay. I have 10 fingers. I have 10 toes. Oh. Like, <laughs> Well, okay. and to be fair, I'm still reporting you now, but the first thing that I told you, I go, 
why? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which I sort of knew what I was getting into, mm-hmm. but I didn't fully. But I am I am glad that I saw it. Because like you said, Lauren, I think we have a responsibility just to be aware. And as people who report the news, we have a responsibility to understand the situation in its raw fullness. But we promise the, the whole show is not going to be this heavy. <laughs> Death and evil. Wow. Death and evil. We're, we're going to get a little bit lighter here. So thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for writing with us and allowing me just to describe some of that in the write-up for Prominent Women this week that we'll share on the Daily Signal website. I'm going to go into some more detail and just share. And I'm also going to include some of the clips from the film that are on social media a lot of the a lot of the footage is not public and the reason why it's not is because there are family members of those who were killed or taken hostage who have yet to see that footage and so they're trying to be really sensitive about how broadly they release some of that footage so but there there will be some videos in that daily signal piece that you can find if if you want to stomach that but Kristen I would love to ask you in a hard pivot, because there's no easy way to pivot out of talking about that, Yeah, to share about an event that another great conservative organization, the Leadership Institute, is doing on Saturday that for anyone who lives in the DMV area, that's what we call the D.C., Northern Virginia and Maryland area, who you are able to register for this event. It's $30 to attend. Tell us a little bit about what it is and why some of our very problematic women out there might might want to join. Totally. And thank God you made that pivot because I was <laughs> racking my brain of how to do that. How am I going to pivot? So November 18th, that's this Saturday, Leadership Institute is having a brunch, which is super fun. It's going to be amazing food, I've heard, called Making It Work, Strategies for Success in Career, Motherhood, and Activism. And this is a women's event focused on women connecting with other women. Sarah Partial Perry is actually going to be there. I plan to attend as well. And it's geared towards women in any stage of life, kind of looking at what it means to be a woman in the conservative movement, what are some strategies for success for your career, for motherhood, and just serving the movement and being an activist in general. The event itself takes place at 10 a.m. on Saturday, November 18th, like I said, and it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to enjoy some fellowship, food, and fun. So if you are interested, visit litraining.org event and look for a women's event, Making It Work, Strategies for Success in Career motherhood and activism. I love it. And we'll have some Pearl Markman stickers there for anyone yeah. who wants to attend. Find Kristen, get yourself a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lauren, we have a little bit of a, a much, much lighter topic, but still a really important one. And that is education. So here at the Heritage Foundation, we release an education freedom report card every year. We have just released the 2023 one. And explain, if you would, what exactly this report card is. So what it does is it scores states on education freedom in their state. So there's four categories, education choice, teacher freedom, transparency, and return on investment. And it allows Heritage to rank all the states and show, okay, these are the states are doing well. These are the states that the, the states in the middle should be saying, okay, we should do programs like this. And also allows us to rank the states that are not doing well. So you can also highlight what what they're not doing. Not surprising, Florida was number one last year, (laughs) number one this year. I especially like to remind our colleagues from Texas (laughs) about education freedom in Florida. For Uh, for those that have not listened to the show before, Lauren is from Florida and loves Florida. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Florida woman here. 
I bet you people could peg me as a Florida woman, even without without the qualification. Uh, Arizona hit number two, and we're actually working on a documentary right now on Mm -hmm. school choice in Arizona. So a little problematic woman uh, inside scoop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Utah's number three, but this year, Iowa was the most improved. So Heritage held an event in Iowa with Governor Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, problematic woman herself, for sure, to just show how Iowa has improved so well. They they were looking at these states who did well, and they implemented school choice, and they implemented all these other things that, that really increased the value of education and the types of education that students in their state had. So I love that they went to not the top states, which, I mean, everybody would love a trip to Florida or Utah or Arizona, <laughs> but to really highlight a state that that's trying yeah. and really doing good things and moving quickly. Yeah. And when we talk about all of the issues within education, this is the answer, right? Like, we have to provide families with choice and option. And that looks like education freedom. That looks like education savings accounts so that families can send their kids, use those tax dollars to send their kids to maybe the private school down the road or choose to homeschool them at home. Families deserve to have options. And when we talk about all of the woke craziness and the LGBTQ stuff happening in our schools, the the way to provide and empower families and in many ways also, I think, to hold our public schools to account because when you have more mm-hmm. education freedom and more families are choosing, hey, I'm not going to send my kid to the crazy woke public school down the street. Well, what what talks louder than anything? Money. Mm. And it's just the reality of it. When public schools start feeling the effects of losing those tax dollars because families are using them for alternative education options, eventually they'll get the message. And I think what's so cool about this report card is, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Lauren, is traditional report cards on how schools perform really just focus on money being allocated to kids and then looking at the standardized test scores. And obviously a holistic education is way more than that. So we're really putting our money where our mouth is and that state's money where their mouth is and making sure that not only is this money going towards like the kids themselves and ensuring their education is great, but it's also ensuring they're actually absorbing what they're taught, given the resources they needed, and and really just getting one of the, the best educations that they possibly can with their abilities that they have, which yeah. no one else is doing. Yeah. So it's huge. Go us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and congrats to Florida and Arizona and Utah on holding first, second, and third place and Iowa being most improved. Woohoo. <laughs> and if you want to learn where your state falls in the ranking, you can visit the Heritage Foundation website. Probably honestly the easiest way to find it is to Google like Heritage Foundation Education Freedom Report Card, and they have a whole map that shows where every single state is, which is just kind of fun to see. Yeah, I just did it, and Illinois is number 32, so so glad I, I grew up there and went to public school. There's room so, for improvement. Fun fact, I went to the best school district in the state of Florida. Did you really, Lauren? I think I technically did, Probably wasted on me, but... (laughs) Not true. I just remember we would brag about, like, Grammys and stuff at mine. We won a Grammy or a few, apparently. How does the high school win a Grammy? I I truly don't know, but we won one, so... (laughs) That sounds suspicious. (laughs) All right, well, let's take the next few minutes and talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one week away from today, and just a quick FYI, we will not have a show next Thursday because next Thursday morning I'm going to be watching the Macy's Day Parade on my couch and also probably monitoring some pumpkin pies in my oven. Monitoring some pumpkin pies. Um, 
I love it. They always say, like, join the family who does the 5K. Or no, join the family who does the mimosas, not the 5K. <laughs> but to be fair, we do both. <laughs> do you guys really? Yeah. Good job. You do a 5K. Dang. That puts me to shame. I, like, go on a walk on Thanksgiving, and that's about as active as I get. Like, <laughs> we used to do the turkey trot, but since moving to Georgia, I'm not sure what we're going to do. <laughs> you, I'll be in Georgia. You could do the turkey trot with me. Oh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Perfect. If you guys do it together, post a picture. Yeah, we will. Mimosas <laughs> after. I love it. Well, see, so I was thinking about... Oh, one funny thing about mimosas, too, is that my dad now calls them Mimos. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I want a Mimo. 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 Hit me with that Mimo. Mimo. This is a good reminder, though. I'm like, I'm going to have to get stuff now for mimosas on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> Makes the monitoring of those pies much better. <laughs> oh, it does. You know, they turn out better every time. Probably not. <laughs> Limit the mimosa intake on Thanksgiving morning for sure. But I'm, I'm literally sorry not to cut you off again, <laughs> but I'm literally seeing that Ted Lasso meme that's like, you do whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. Well, for making the mimosas, for making the pies, for making our Thanksgiving meals, Unfortunately, it's going to cost us all more this year. So one of our colleagues here at the Heritage Foundation, E.J. Antoni, he posted this great chart from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that shows how much food costs, specifically Thanksgiving food costs, have gone up compared to January of 2021. And these, it's a lot. Okay, so turkey, it's up about 30%. Mashed potatoes, they're up about 12% from January of 2021. Stuffing, I was surprised for this, has the highest increase at 35%. I don't eat stuffing, so I'm not mad about that. I hate it. Are you serious? It's soggy bread. That is not true. (laughs) You've never had good stuffing. Virginia's going to fight me. (laughs) Uh, Stuffing is, it's up there. Like, it's that and mashed potatoes. Really? Yeah, neck and neck. I, mashed potatoes, I'm here for. But the best, tangent, the best bite at Thanksgiving is when you get a little turkey, a little bit of mashed potatoes, and a little bit of stuffing all on your fork, and it's just one one party in your mouth. I agree, but, like, nix the stuffing and put some cranberry sauce on there. Yeah, Savory and all, sweet. It's a whole different flavor. It's good. I agree. I agree. It is. It is good. I'm going to do low-carb Thanksgiving. My family already hates me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> what do you do for low-carb Thanksgiving? Not stuffing. Not Well, no, no I, I have a version of low-carb stuffing that I'm going to make. Wow. That I've already, I've already like, tried out. Okay, I'm impressed, Lauren. And then I'm just going to eat meat. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a lot of yeah. meat. Yeah. yeah, turkey. A lot of meat. And I guess you can have, like, green beans, right? Yeah. 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 Mean, it's yeah, not bad. It's not bad. Green beans, carrots. Yeah, yeah. why not? Okay. It, it works. It yeah. works. But no, like, no lie, my family's already, like eye-rolling and groaning. They're like, come on. <laughs> but mimosas, though, those are fine. Yeah. Well, just mimosas sans the orange juice. But, <laughs> so just champagne. <laughs> no, it's in the morning, so it's still mimosas. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Well, I applaud your self-control because wow. anytime... Nobody has literally ever told me that before. <laughs> but, like, oh my gosh, if I was doing any form of, like, trying to eat healthier and it was Thanksgiving, I'd be like, screw that. That's out the window. So, well done, Lauren. Yeah, Thank man. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I really think we don't praise me enough on Problematic mm, Women, yeah. so I'm glad... We'll, <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> I'm thankful we'll get for Lauren because... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not hold our breath. 
<laughs> well, speaking of cranberry sauce, so rolls, cranberry sauce, and gravy, those are up 26%. Corn is, I found that interesting. Corn's up 20%. Green beans, pumpkin pie, yams. Yams, I guess they don't get a lot of attention. Carrots, they're up 27%. So, whew, it's not ideal this Thanksgiving. We got prices rising. But because prices are rising, we need more deals. Girl math. Girl math. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to save, quote unquote, save money on Black Friday and go Mm -hmm. shopping and buy things that are on sale to buy things essentially at the same cost that they were two years ago. Yep. (laughs) But it's so much cheaper now because of inflation. So I wanted to highlight a few of the deals that are floating around online that we know are happening. Time did a great rundown of a bunch of the Black Friday deals. Walmart and Amazon, two of the classics for your big tech purchases, they are expected to have some pretty significant bargains if you're looking to get a new TV, anything crazy like that. Apple Watches are supposed to be 13% off. So oh, I need a new Apple Watch. If you wanted to get in yeah, that club. Yeah. I don't have one. What? Wow. How? I have a naked wrist. Wow. <laughs> well, so... You're not a spy kid. I know, I'm not. I I am worried that it would be really distracting in another form of me being glued to my phone, which mm. I will admit I have a problem with Instagram. I think you'd be right, it's, honestly, because that's bad. me. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, one day I'll, I'm sure I'll cave and give in, but I feel like I'm slow to get on a lot of these bandwagons. Okay, back to our list. If you are shopping for boots, DSW boots, between November 25th and 26th, they're supposed to be about 40% off, both online and in-store. And on November 27th, you can take 30% off of everything at DSW. Wayfair, always great things. Starting on November 21st, they're offering up to 70% off all kinds of home appliances. If you want a solo stove, which those are essentially those really cool campfires for your backyard that don't emit a lot of smoke, they are going to be $100 off. So those are awesome. They look like little. For one of those. They look like rocket. Like yeah, they're like the futuristic. Yeah, they're very yeah. cool. Very cool. Ninja air fryer. If you need to air fry some food, thirty six percent off. Samsonite. That's a random number. I yeah, know what it was very random. Well, so I think it's a dollar figure, and then they converted to the percentage. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the dollar figure, but thirty six percent off. Nice. Samsonite is offering twenty five percent off a lot of their rolling luggages. I have one of their suitcases. It's gotten very beat up by TSA, but you know it does still roll, so they're pretty good quality. And if you need a pet. Petco is offering 50% off their reptiles <laughs> between November 22nd and 25th. So you can get a snake 50% off at Petco. That might be the best deal of Black Friday. If you are a problematic woman listener and you are hearing this and you go to Petco and you buy a reptile, please email us, Instagram us. I don't. We will make you problematic woman of the week. We will make you problematic woman of the week, especially if you bring your snake to us. <laughs> Snake, lizard, anything. Any form of reptile. Virginia, you do this all the time where you say things that I don't, like, it's literally written in front of me. I don't expect you to say that, but then you do. And I'm like, wow. Hey, I'm just reporting the news here. These are the facts. Petco, 50% off reptiles. Please wow. let us know if you buy one. I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying a reptile. I don't, I don't need any more creepy crawly things in my home. <laughs> I feel like there's men in this building who might go buy a snake just to come on this podcast. <laughs> Philip Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, not to call you out. Or 
<laughs> All right. Well, Lauren, I know you have to run to a meeting. Thank you for being with us as always. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy Thank that you. low carb stuffing. <laughs> We're thankful for you. We wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thankful for you. You said that in the last 15 minutes. You know, I just, I don't hear it enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, yep. stay tuned because up next we crown our problematic one of the week. Five days a week, two episode formats, one mission to deliver the news you care about and analysis on the biggest issues facing America. The Daily Signal podcast brings you two episodes every day in the same podcast feed. Each morning, catch interviews with policymakers, leading experts, and conservative activists as we discuss some of the greatest challenges facing our country and offer solutions for a brighter future. And every weekday at 5 p.m., we bring you the top news of the day. These are the headlines you care about. Subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on our morning interviews or evening news. Now, it is that time once again, my favorite time of the week. Time to crown our problematic woman of the week. And the crown goes to... Anat Shoshani. Anat is Israeli and attended the March for Israel in D.C. this week. Mary Margaret Olihan spoke to her and described what happened to her, some of her family members on October 7th. Let's take a listen. I don't get to be sad. I don't get to cry because I need to fight. My grandmother is kidnapped in Gaza. Back on uh, October 7th, my grandfather, David Moshe, uh, was murdered on that day in front of her eyes. I woke up from the sirens in Tel Aviv. I immediately called my grandma just to make sure they're okay. She told us nothing to worry about. They sleep inside the shelter because they're already old and they want to feel safe. 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from my mother that my grandparents' neighbor, Bracha, she was murdered and the terrorists took her phone and just live streamed it on Facebook. Wow. So really thankful for people like Anat who are willing to share their story, willing to share what happened. And I mean, I just can't imagine as a grandchild knowing that your grandfather was murdered, your grandmother is hostage to Hamas in Gaza. You don't know if she's still alive or not. You're wondering about her health, how she's doing. Does she have what she needs? Medicine. Um, and I, I think it's incredible, for one, that someone like Annette thought it was so important to travel all the way to the United States to be a voice for her grandparents and to share what's really happening. And I mean, it, it's heartbreaking to hear her say, like, I don't get to be sad. Like, I, I have to fight right now. But in some ways, I, I think that's how so much of Israel is surviving and making it through the horrors right now is they're saying there will be a time to be sad and to grieve what we've lost but right now, the immediate thing we have to do is fight. I, I think, I mean, she said that, and that's immediately what resonated with me from that clip. And I think it's so true for not only this moment in history, but for everything. Right now, our nation is at a point where it's almost unrecognizable, and we can't be upset. We have to fight and remain true to ourselves. And so as you are, you know, advocating for what you're passionate about, whether it be Israel, whether it be the border, whether it be anything that our country is struggling with, fight. Just yeah. remember to fight and there will be a time of triumph in the future. Yeah. 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 It's holding on to that. So our thoughts, our prayers continue to be with, with the hostages, with 
now we can specifically, I think it's helpful just to have like specific people to think about, to pray about. So Anat Shoshani and uh, specifically praying for her grandmother, that's really powerful. And continuing to keep the families who've lost loved ones, uh, especially as we head into Thanksgiving week. I think that's one thing that I've been thinking about just in seeing the film with all the footage from what happened on October 7th in Israel is it's one of those things where it's like, okay, what do I do with this? And it's like, well, okay, I can pray and I can practice thankfulness. I can, that, you know, my family is still alive. That is a huge thing to be thankful for that I, you know, I am able to wake up every morning and, you know, go to work and live another day and see my colleagues. And I, you know, I, I don't uh, have any family members who are hostage in another country right now. I mean, it's, it's, huge things to be thankful for. And I think we don't always think like, oh, that's a huge thing to be thankful for. But, you know, when when I was watching that film, so many of the bodies that I saw laying dead are women our age. I mean, they're young women and young people and people much younger than us. And it's like, no, we we really do get to practice thankfulness and get to be thankful for what we have because we have a great deal. We, we really do. I mean, this country, people joke about it all the time. They're like, I won the lottery just by being born here. No, you did. You did. You really did yeah. because there's craziness happening. Mm-hmm. And in Europe, it is so much closer. Mm-hmm. You know, being in London, being in Paris, it's so much closer there than it is here in D.C. Yeah. We are so blessed to have the history and the heritage that we all have, mm-hmm. whether we have immigrated in the last few years or not have been here for a while. Um, we are lucky to have the safety for our families, to have troops sacrificing overseas uh, yeah. for the safety of our country. There's just pra- definitely, I, that was a beautiful reminder of Virginia. Practice yeah. gratefulness in the next week. Yeah, it's a good time to do yeah. it. <laughs> and let us know, you know, on Instagram, let us know what you're thankful for. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make a story. We'll, we'll do a little bit of practicing of thankfulness on, yeah. on IG. <laughs> but once again, we will not have a show next week because again, Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with friends, with family. Eat lots of good food. Hopefully your Thanksgiving won't be low carb. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> oh, that sounds a little rough. But <laughs> we hope that you guys have a great week. We will see you back here in two weeks. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen and get your podcasts at. It really does make a difference. Yes, we are always so thankful for your ratings and reviews. Happy Thanksgiving, ladies. Happy Thanksgiving. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. And be sure to follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.